Hey there, podcast listeners. Many of you are familiar with the giant podcast, This American Life, hosted by Ira Glass. Well, what you might not know is that Ira is a big fan of Convince Me. In fact, he says it's the reason he always gets popcorn at the movies. So when Ira wanted a week off to shop for some new eyeglasses, eyeglasses were a glass, he called in a favor to us. So here we present our fill-in episode of This American Life, published simultaneously here and in the This American Life podcast feed and on NPR Nationwide. So when it comes to This American Life, you're going to have to convince me. Okay, here we go. Convince Me is brought to you by Bearspace. Bearspace, websites for bears. Find out more from a bear. Ted is an improviser, but he used to be just a fan of comedy. That was then, but now he's well-regarded in the improv community, and for good reason. Here's Ted with one of his signature characters. Me is a baby. Me go poopy in my diaper. We started following Ted when he was just getting started at a beginner's improv comedy class in September of 2012 at the Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles, California. So I just had my first class. I don't know, it seems fun. I, I just can't wait until I hit it big. Wait, uh, uh, what do you mean hit it big? Uh, like uh, starring in a film? Yeah, that could be it. I hear sometimes agents come to improv shows. Ted, what would you say makes good improv? There's this rule. It's called yes and. It means that every time you reply to your scene partner, you have to literally say the words yes and. Wait, isn't a, isn't that more figurative, like a agreement and adding information? No. So that was then. Ted's first class. Now it's 2017. And we catch up with Ted following his show at the Clubhouse, an independent alternative comedy venue in Los Feliz. Oof, what a rush. What a great crowd. Uh, how many people would you say were in the audience? Um, like non-performers? I'd, I'd say like ten. Oh, I counted three, not including me. Okay. You've really come a long way comedy-wise, though. What made you think of coming into every scene as Donald Trump? <laughs> oh, you noticed that? Yeah, all right. You know, I just figure, what's the most relevant and hilarious character? Trump. Sad, he says that. He does. Uh, it was a bit confusing when Donald Trump was in that Civil War scene. I'm sorry, I'm not, what, what do you mean? Today on our program, Now and Then, stories of the passage of time, how time affects our goals, our outcomes, our desires. Our show today in three acts. Act one, it's the story of taco innovation, from crunchy shells to more loco varieties. Act two is the story of a man in his apartment over two years. Act three is the gripping tale of a long-serving magician's assistant. New from NPR, desserts. This weekend, catch the premiere of a new podcast all about desserts. Sweet ones, Less sweet ones, chewy ones, and crunchy ones. All your favorites will be covered on desserts. Download the NPR One podcast now.
Welcome back to Convince Me, This American Life crossover. Today we're having stories of now and then. Act one, hard shell shocked. Mexico is America's southern neighbor, but we what we share more than just a border. Our cultures bleed into one another like cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes on your Thanksgiving meal plate. And nowhere is this cultural amalgamation more prevalent than Taco Bell. While foodies and dietitians may thumb their noses at it, Taco Bell is an innovator in the taco genre, and their unique brand of Mexican-American fast food has spread to over 20 countries. But this isn't a story about Taco Bell as a corporation. This is a story about Carl. So how long have you been a cook at Taco Bell, Carl? Well, I started here at the first Taco Bell in San Bernardino on opening day in the spring of 62. So too long, I guess. <laughs> we joined Carl on April 29, 2012, about 50 years since his first day at the job at the original Taco Bell. And while we wanted to talk about how much time had changed Taco Bell, we also came because of the big news. You all know what I'm talking about. The cultural revolution of fast food Mexican cuisine. On the morning we interviewed Carl, he was about to open for business and introduce the world to, to the Doritos Locos Taco. As we spoke in that early morning, in the still-closed-for-the-night Taco Bell, you could feel the anticipation, the building desire outside the building. Anticipation for this taco revolution of MSG and spices. Have you ever experienced anything like this, Carl? Oh, sure. Well, of course I've seen my new share of new goops. Uh, uh, goops? Yeah, sorry, that's our industry term for all the food at Taco Bell. Oh, um, I'm sorry, uh, you call all Taco Bell food goop? Yeah, you got your basic goops. Meat goop, cream goop, cheese goop. Lettuce goop. He listed many more goops. Mayo goop. Mustard goop. Spicy goop. Sweet goop. Crunchy goop. Crispy goop. What I came to understand from Carl was that he had seen many different combinations of Taco Bell ingredients. But of course the craziest time was when we invented the taco. Uh, just one second. Uh, did you just say you invented uh, Taco Bell? Invented tacos? <laughs> well, yeah. Not tacos as a concept. Meat and tortillas are a staple in Mexican food. But hard shell tacos? That was our thing. Most people think it's from Mexico. Nope. It's us. We had them first day we opened. And boy, was that a mess. Oh. Seafood uh, goop. A mess? Oh, seafood goop? Yeah, was seafood. That in the, was that in the hard shell tacos? Yeah. But also in the burritos and... Taco Bell, Taco Bowls. Why do you say it was a mess, Carl? People went nuts for these tacos. Now some things we anticipated. The mess on the floor was bad, shell bits, unwanted lettuce, and the rivers of Mountain Dew. But we had lots of employees ready to go with mops. And the lines were around the block. But to be honest, I don't think anyone minded. There ain't much going on in San Bernardino, and this was sure fun. No, what we weren't ready for was the plumbing. The peanut goop. Oh, peanut goop. Yeah, we got peanut goop. 
didn't sure. do too well. What happened uh, with the with the plumbing? Oh, sorry, I keep thinking about goops. Yeah, we had regular toilets and pipes leading into a regulation sewage access point. All up to code, of course. But by the time our first round of customers had been in the restaurant for 20 minutes, we started hearing a lot of flushing. Then running water. Then the smell. Oh, the smell. Do I have to paint a picture for you? Everybody got the runs. And Taco Bell poops aren't like normal ones. That's why now there's a special section of coding regulations in most metropolitan areas, especially for Taco Bell bathrooms. Poop goop. <laughs> now we equip most Taco Bell toilets with a 20 horsepower outboard motor to assist with difficult flushes. I hear they want to go green and use solar power for flush assistance. But the problem is the sun isn't powerful enough to make those poopies go all the way down. Uh, I have to confess, I thought it was only me. No, no. Of course, it's a universal phenomenon. Taco Bell makes you take powerful shits. Hey, uh, I'm a little tired. You, you want some coffee goop? Uh, I'd love some coffee goop. Uh, can I get a uh, half coffee and a uh, half Mountain Dew diet? Baja Blast? Yeah, that's my order too. Psst. Psst. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Uh, Cheers. To, uh, to, to Locos. So that brings us to today. Um, have you uh, tried Doritos Locos Tacos yet? Oh, no, not me. Really? I'm surprised. Uh, Taco Bell fans everywhere have been dying to try this item. Yeah, I'm more of a burger guy. Huh. Well, that's a little ironic, don't you think? What? Like rain on your wedding day? No, that's uh, more just unfortunate. I mean, it's ironic that you work at Taco Bell for 50 years, but you Like prefer... a free ride when you're already late? Uh, no, that's also just unfortunate. Um... Anyway, you you don't like try a good buy that no. you just can't take. It's like it's kind of like that. Uh, yeah, uh, there sure. we go. But have you tried the tacos ever? Yeah, I don't know if I should say this, but I've never actually had a taco. I don't mean to press this, uh, but I have to ask, Carl. In your fifty years of Taco Bell service, why haven't you ever had a taco? I don't know. They're just kind of weird looking. And you know, they make you go poopy. I just can't get over this. Isn't it a little too ironic, don't you think? What? Like the good advice that you just didn't take? Uh, You already said that. Um, No. Uh, Speaking of advice, though, I hear that NASA was recently in here in preparations for the Locos Tacos. Was that it to assist in the manufacturing of the shells? Oh no, they were here helping us revise our flushing system. Oh, what more, more, more bathroom talk? Hey, man, it's Taco Bell. Thirty-five percent of our budget goes to toilet renovations. Oh. The rest, goop. He wasn't joking. Here is the sound of the new NASA-developed toilet, a Taco Bell. I asked a new employee, Trevor. What he thought of the new tacos. Trevor is 34, and you can just see the outline of a Slipknot logo on the t-shirt he wears under his uniform. Oh, the logos? Yeah. 
Yeah, I tried it earlier. It's so dope. Yeah, it tastes like Doritos on a taco. Dream come true. I'm just a little worried. Uh, about about the crowds? Nah, it's more of an existential angst. You know, this is it's the kind of thing that my friends and I sat around dreaming of. Once this dream is realized, what else is there to invent? What else is there to hope for? What is there indeed? The introduction of the Locos Taco went swimmingly at first. They're, they were delicious. The cardboard sleeves kept orange dust off of everyone's fingers for the most part. The NASA toilets did their job. But then the, st- the calls started coming in. I just got off the phone with Light and Power. They want us to shut it down. They called here? Shouldn't they call the headquarters? I mean, no offense, uh, but you're a cook, Carl. Yeah, Taco Bell believes in seniority above all else. Anyway, they say poops are at a critical mass. If we don't stop now, they think there could be diarrhea coming out of the faucets. But the NASA toilets. Uh, The new technology should be handling all the extra inflow from the Doritos Locos Tacos, correct? Yeah, we made the same mistake in 62. We forgot about one thing. To-go orders. Talk about cheese goop. Did, you mentioned cheese goop. Oh, okay. Yeah, we usually, that's a big one. Uh, just to let you know, Carl, we're probably not going to include a lot of your goop stuff. We we try to end on like poignant moments. You can't edit music. this. Good point. Can I have a little more Diet Mountain Dew in my coffee? Yeah, come here. I had a little bit more coffee, too. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, could you put a splash of Kickstart, the Mountain Dew orange juice hybrid from uh, that's native here to Taco Bell? Delicious. I didn't mix it. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Then, it was hard shell tacos. Now, it's Doritos Locos tacos. The same result, fecal matter overload. Coming up in Act 2, a man and his apartment. Stay with us. Convince Me is brought to you by Female Chimp. Dottie, in specific, is a wealthy female chimpanzee who loves NPR. And listen to NPR's new podcast, Business. Talk about small businesses and big ones with your favorite hosts. How to start one or keep one going. That's already been happening. This weekend... Listen on the NPR One app. Today's theme, now and then. We just heard the story of the introduction of Doritos Locos Taco. Now, Act Two. Act Two? Two years in my apartment. Stephen Dudikus, a longtime collaborator and successful stand-up comedian, has been living in Los Angeles for two years. Our reporter, Thayer Frechette, and I traveled to Stephen's house behind Wells Fargo in Los Feliz to hear this story. So I'm here with uh, Stephen Dudikus. Dudikus. Excuse me. Uh, who's um, been living in the same apartment for two years. Uh, sto- uh, Stephen, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your story and, and why you're here today? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I've lived in my apartment for two years now, which is the longest I've lived anywhere since I went to college. Moved around a lot. And a lot of things have changed. Um, changed the way I view my apartment. Things like my kitchen, which I used to think was small, but now I think is just enough space. Or the man who comes to my house each night to demand food and money. A lot has changed with that. Or like, my balcony, which um, I never used when I first moved in. Now I'm going to go back to something you mentioned. Um, your kitchen. It is. Uh, it is. Is it? Has it gotten bigger? Yeah. I mean, well, it's not that it gets bigger. It's that you adapt. Um, it's a story of adaptation. Right. <laughs> And, and when I moved in, it seemed so small. But over time, you learn to become efficient with the space that you have. Um, but just to be clear, it hasn't changed at all. The kitchen has not changed. Okay. Uh, interesting, interesting. And, and now this uh, this man, uh, is this a, someone who haunts you in your dreams every night? And it's not a dream, and that's what a lot of people, uh, you know, most people, when I tell them about this, they say, oh, you must be hallucinating. Um and no, uh, he's just sort of taken a liking to me. Um, and I, I guess he's found that, uh, you know, tormenting me uh, is a way to, you know, keep he, he keeps money and, and food coming in. And um, I haven't really done anything about it yet. So who who is this man? Does I don't know. In the, you don't know. Jeffy Pooh. Oh, God, he's here. Jeffy, Jeffy Pooh. Um, oh, um, Please leave. Uh, you got any money, baby? I have a little bit, but I'm running out. I told you it's been hard. I haven't been getting a lot of freelance work. I'm sorry I call you Jeffy Pooh, Stephen, by the way. Uh, I don't know what I'm it is. sorry you don't have... You look like a Jeff to... Hey, wait a second. Thayer from Convince Me? Always nice to meet a fan. Uh... Listen, so you're you've been coming into Mr. Dudikus Dudikus' apartment for some time now. What what is your what is your no, goal? You know what? You've stolen a lot from me. I'm not gonna let you steal my interview. Oh, you I came here to talk about my apartment. Well, let me tell you about this guy. Lots changed in his life over the past two years. I remember when I used to go through his trash and it was all student loan payments. He's paid them off a little bit. Little bit less. In two years, that's, this is true. Okay, now that maybe that's something. Uh, you know, I'd like to talk about this taco shop in my neighborhood. Oh, you got a nice taco shop! I love it. You should know. I bring home food every night, and you take it from me. Yeah, I don't eat that shit. Uh, what do you don't eat it? Nah, I sell it. I take your money and I sell your food. I just use it to buy more comic books. Now, what are some of your favorite comic books? I like Action Comics. I'm a big fan of Action Comics number one, Introduction to Superman. This is the most you've ever talked. Also, like Archie. Well, usually you're such a poor conversationalist, Stephen. Or Jeffy Pooh, as I like to call you. You come into my house and you assault me. Hey, when you're named Duty Kiss, you kind of got it coming a little yeah, bit. Do well, how do you think Jason Sudeikis feels? Very similar last name. Do you, do you have a home, Mr. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I've got your name. I don't like to reveal my name, but if you must know, Carl Reiner. Good to meet you, Carl Nice to Reiner. meet you, Mr. Reiner. When I first moved into my neighborhood, I went to the same taco shop four or five times a week. 
but after a while, used to get things there. get old. Right, right. And the taco shop has that stayed the same size? I know you've had, seemed to have uh, a yeah, lot of trouble determining some rest- sizes. Yeah, some restaurants expand. This one didn't. This has not. Okay. I'm gonna go into your bathroom. See you no, guys. please don't. He takes my toilet. Why? Why haven't you? <laughs> Why, why haven't you called the police? I've tried. They don't believe that he exists. He disappears before they get I mean, here. Don't they see the missing toilet? They, they, they thought that I removed the toilet and sold it for, drugs, for drug money. They think I'm the crazy one. That's the thing. Is he? He's created this this thing, this world. This this. He's framed me. Right. Was it always like this since he moved in? Well, I used to go to this taco shop more. Now I don't go as much. And that must be hard. Yeah, he's coming every single night. Uh, how much is he getting for the toilets, do you know? I don't know. I mean, 50 $60? That's a pretty good price. I looked up the prices. I, I've offered him money. Have you ever bought them back? Oh, I've offered him money. Every time he goes in, I'll leave $50 on the seat, and he just takes that, too. And what is... <laughs> What does your landlord think of this? I mean, replacing those toilets must be... Does he? I have a very aware? non-present landlord. Sure. Hi, Stephen. It's me, Oscar, your landlord. Hi. I feel like I don't want to be here, so I'm just going to leave. No, I really want to talk about the man. Uh, talk about the man? The man. I tell you about him all the time. The man. He... We need better locks. What man? I've never seen a man on your property. All I see is you. You're hardly a man. I'm going to go back to my landlord castle. That's too bad. I had some pressing questions for Oscar. But... Ever lived in a place with a castle attached to it? <laughs> it's incredibly difficult. Why doesn't he go into the castle? You could steal so much. Maybe that's where the man lives. I mean, castles often have hidden passages and, and such. Did you ever consider that? It's an interesting theory. So is the taco shop part of the castle? I'm I'm quite confused. Yes. It's the technically the cafeteria. I also I used another thing that's changed is I used to tiff a lot with my roommate John. You have a roommate? Yeah. And what is what's his story? Why isn't he does he see the man or He's unaffected. I mean, the man has taken a liking to me. That's the only thing that I can sort of surmise maybe i remind him of something from you know before he became a vagrant i really didn't want to make this about the man right but that is clearly the most interesting part of this story he i don't want him to define me right uh, uh, well let's uh let's talk about your roommate uh how where did you meet was this a, a craigslist or were you friends previously i put up a post on facebook saying i'm looking for a roommate in la and some somebody tagged him and he has no problem often just uh, excuse my friend shitting on the floor when there's no toilet that hasn't affected him he set up a toilet in his room does it a whole plumbing system yeah. right in his room well yeah. so john sounds very handy i have to say yeah he did it all himself that's amazing what uh, people can do when they set their minds to it um and he's never once interacted with the man, or or t- does sometimes he go to the taco chat. shop? Or wh- I mean, sometimes his, they hang out. What's John's deal? One know? time the man came over, he stole my toilet and my bed, and then he came back in and he watched 
TV with my roommate for three <laughs> hours. We're here back in the studio. There. I just wanted to interrupt the story here so you could describe what you saw when you looked at, at Stephen. Could you describe him physically a little? Sure, Stephen uh, Duty Kiss is uh, a troubled man, uh, disheveled hair. Uh, looks like he hasn't been getting a lot of sleep. Uh, also looks like he's holding something in, possibly feces or something else. Like he doesn't have a place to release. And I feel like maybe emotionally and physically he, he needs to let loose. Um, also, his shirt just covered in, in taco stains. Um, Would you say... Uh, Doritos Locos Taco Stains. It's possible. It's possible. It's hard to distinguish. Uh, it is hard. Um, but he seems to be a, a taco connoisseur of quite some time and possibly only owns one t-shirt. Certainly smelled like it when I was there. But uh, again, could have been the lack of toilet. We now rejoin our interview four hours later. So I just watched the three hours of TV you mentioned earlier. <laughs> I'm not really sure how that informed my understanding of... Just uh, the entire season friends. of Friends, yeah, yeah, it's Friends. <laughs> yeah. They were on a break. Oh. Yeah, Jeffy Poo, Carl. It's uh, nice of you to join us. Was there someone? <laughs> was there someone in your past life named Jeff? Jeffy Poo? No, you just look like one to me. <laughs> hey, can I borrow your shirt? <laughs> yes. I'm not... Why? Why are you just give him? No, I'm sorry to interrupt. Why do you just give him your? He's shirt? gonna why hurt you me. Fight? He's going to hurt me. Hurt you how? Carl, how, how have you hurt Mr. Dudicus? Well, sometimes I tell him that his life goals have shifted, and it really gets to him. I came out here to be a poet. Now you're a successful you, stand-up storyteller. And, yeah. Do you have any of your, your old poems that you could share with us today? Yeah. Blue Trees. Have you ever seen one? Well, let me ask. If the sky is blue and you're looking up at a blue tree, are you looking at anything? I look at blue trees sometimes and think, this is, why is the trunk not blue? Wow, that's... that. Was, I mean, it goes on for a while, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that uh, that speaks volumes to what you're feeling right now. He found my book of poems one night uh, when he was stealing things from my room. Carl, and he would read you like them to out to all of my friends? <laughs> Carl, why don't you read us one of Mr. Duty Kiss's poems? Uh, I have trouble getting through without breaking up, but I'll give it a college go. Chairs, four legs, and a butt spot. This is one of my favorites. Please don't interrupt, Jeff Pooh. <laughs> Do you sit on them? Yes. Do they sit on you? Yes. Sorry. I had to say it. I know you know this, but let me get through it. This ain't part of the poem. Okay, back into poem. <laughs> yes. But society. And that's all the time we <laughs> had. Uh, so, uh... Uh, I checked in with uh, both. I checked in with both Carl and uh, Duty Kiss uh, some eight months later, and uh, there was nothing left of the house but a single chair 
and uh, you wonder where they are today. Uh, meanwhile, his roommate Jonathan had built a whole other castle. Very handy, an incredibly handy man. Uh, I often think maybe I should have interviewed him. Can you talk about uh, Steve's tour? Can you talk about Steve's tour dates? <laughs> Steve, you can find Steve uh, touring uh, at his uh, local Chuckle Hut, um, just in uh, Oxnard, Texas. Um, it's uh, it's Tuesday of next week from six fifteen to six twenty three. It's a very short set, but if you happen to be in Oxnard, Texas, I would uh, check it out. So uh, you can find Steve, Steve there. Coming up in Act 3, how long can you assist? Stay with us. Convince Me is brought to you by CityBox. If you live in nature, City Box brings the cuisine of the city to you. In this month's City Box, a bacon-wrapped hot dog that was hot when it shipped. Check out the new NPR podcast, Card Games. <laughs> Your favorite NPR hosts go through some of their favorite card games. You can probably look them up online, but this way you can do it in the car or while at work. Check it out on NPR One. Today's theme, Now and Then. Stories of the Passage of Time. Act 3, The Magician's Apprentice. This American Life contributor, Alec McMaster, met Johnny Valentine at the Magic Castle to hear his story. Many of us often wonder what our lives would be like if we made some slightly different decisions when we were younger. We take you to Los Angeles, to the Magic Castle where 54-year-old magician's apprentice Jonathan Knott ponders his life now and then. And then. And then. You know, like, from Dude, Where's My Car? Anyway, here's Jonathan. You know, I definitely tell myself not to be a magician's apprentice for 37 years. That's, that's the first thing. You've been an apprentice, not a magician, for 37 years. You know, we, we apprentices, we have a saying, why are we doing this? You know, as a child, I thought, well, this apprenticeship doesn't seem cool now, but perhaps, you know, this is an ugly duckling situation. You know, obviously, be the most accomplished when I'm an adult, but uh, little did I know, magic somehow gets less respectable with age, especially with other adults. And it even made me think, how did a duck even give birth to a swan baby in the first place? It was too late. I had... I'd become obsessed with being an apprentice. You know, I could be the Igor of the magician world. You know, I actually even toyed with an accent for a while, you know, for my brand. Can we hear the accent? How are you? Welcome to the Magic Castle. It's me, Tom Brady. And I actually just tried that out last week. Um, haven't done a lot since I've been here, but they fired me uh, for it because it was scaring the customers. But... Uh, you know, I had a few tricks up my sleeve. I still had the head magician's dry-cleaning ticket for his cape. Oh. So, you know, they let me back on. So, you know, who is the who is the real magician? Uh, again, it's not me, but something you, we could say.
maybe there's something to be said about being a reliable sidekick. But why not take the leap and go to being a full magician? I mean, why magic in the first place? Here's Jonathan again. So why don't you just become a magician now? You know, I actually originally misheard the phrase, the student has become the master as uh, the master has become the student. And that actually really set off years of mistakes and bad decisions. How do you mishear it backwards? Uh, like maybe if it was like I was actually walking down the hall and the two, faster. No, I was walking down the hall. It's a very funny story. Um, very funny story. I was walking down the hall and two people were actually saying the phrase at the same time. But I was walking by it at the wrong time, and so the person was ending the one phrase, the master, and then I was walking by the next room. Then becomes the student was the next thing I heard. Right. And it sort of had that effect of when you go to like a music festival and they have two stages that are right near each other. But if you cross a line, you can only hear one stage. That's right. That's, That's right. amazing. I actually, that happened to me. I was at a concert once um, and I was going to Green Day and I moved over the line and I actually thought the song was Don't Want to Be an American Person. And oh. I, I sang it for years like that. That's right. Because, uh, Eric Clapton had that hit, Person. Right. And that must have been playing right next to it. Yeah. Sure, sure. Excuse, excuse me, fellas. Oh, hey, uh, just got to sweep up the floor here in the Magic Cat. Oh, Jonathan, you <laughs> could you hold this dustpan for me? Just uh, Oh, yes. Assist assist me a little with this sweeping. Are you a magician? No, I just am a janitor, but this guy's a great assistant in general. Yeah. Here. Uh, oh, thanks. All right. See you again later. later. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Gus the janitor. Uh, he's He's quite the guy. Um, wow. But, uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, I misheard the <laughs> the phrase. And, uh, you know, at first I was so surprised how willing everyone was, you know, letting me help them because usually it's like the other way around. And I was like, hey, Jonathan, get me this wand. Hey, Jonathan, get me this cape. Hey, Jonathan, stop kissing the rabbit slash finger blasting it. You know, standard magician Sweet. stuff. Go on. But you know, uh, and my my family, interestingly enough, you know, talking about being cool, they they were long, you know, marine biologists, and my father was the person who found the Titanic and the gigan- uh, gigantic gemstone. You'll see in the movie, he had to fight off a couple electric eels uh, which had nested around it, but he got it. And that didn't sound like a job you'd be interested in. You know, to be honest, it was another miscommunication sitch. I thought the Titanic was the only ship that had ever sunk. You know, I, I don't really hear about. The other one, so I figured treasure hunting was probably over at that time. And That's I, less of a miscommunication and more of just um, a lack of understanding on your part. Is this a master-student situation right now? No, I, I don't need... Are you the apprentice? No, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to... But real quick, um, I... I'm kind of thirsty. Can you grab me something? Oh, yeah, of course. Thanks. No sure. We just uh, need to take a moment at break in the story to explain that at this point, Jonathan began holding the mic. Uh, he was taking notes of the interview, basically doing everything that assistant would do for you. Isn't that correct? Right. Um, and I really enjoyed it a lot Uh, me and gus the janitor were kicking back and um relaxing john gus is a real down-to-earth guy yeah i actually really wanted to interview him and i did later 
Anyway, you want us to talk? It's me, Gus. <laughs> yeah, Gus. I'm so interested. Is the broom that you use magic? Like a witch? Because you use a broom. No, no, but the cauldron I use. Yeah, that's magic. Oh, a janitor's cauldron. A janitor's cauldron. Right, to... Yeah. Um, Actually, I bought, it, I bought it off some guy. He was selling toilets, and I refashioned it and became a... Uh, How much did he pay for the toilet? Like 50 or $60, mm-hmm. but that's a guess good what? I lifted up the seat. There was a $50 bill under there. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I got to go uh, mop this cauldron. Yeah, I, may, I imagine you're a really busy guy. Yeah, well, if you want to hang later, that's cool, man. I'd love to. All right. Anyway, uh, thanks, uh, Jonathan, for holding on my shit. Literally, my bag's up. <laughs> You're welcome. So yeah, uh, thanks, Gus. Gus is a cool guy. It's good, you know, good to good to be here. You know, but last week, here, you know, here's a thrill. I, you know, I, I didn't need the the treasure hunting. I uh, I went up to this woman after the show and said, "You dropped this," and I held her a card that said, I "Held out a card that said Stephanie on it," and she was named Stephanie. She freaked out. You know, thought it was. Uh, you know, part of the whole magic act, but I'd actually just been doing that to random women for three months, and it finally worked out. So, you know, where's the treasure there? And uh, I, I actually did it to impress this rabbit I've been seeing. Uh, I'm going to skip over the rabbit thing because that feels like it's beyond the scope of this interview. But we spoke to some of the people that Jonathan apprenticed for from his youth and to see if Jonathan ever had an interest in making this change before committing to the life of anonymity. Here's Jonathan's homeroom teacher. There was a moment where I thought Jonathan could be a veterinarian. He was so good with animals. I thought now there we are. That's something to go with. But we would later learn that he was romantically involved with our class pet rabbit. Rabbit was his name. It was a hamster. Oh, uh, he's still doing that? Jonathan apprenticed for me at the Magic Castle for 12 years. And I offered to help him. I said, Jonathan, let me help you get onto the stage. And he'd say, I'm helping you. That's my Jonathan. And I'd say, let me help you. And he'd say, I'm helping you. And I'd say, let let me help you. And he'd say, I'm helping you. And I'd say, let me help you. And you can tell this went on incessantly for years. Another example was... Let me help you. It seemed like Jonathan had an affinity for animals and a need to help. So what would he do to change his life trajectory? Marine biologist? Vet? Here's Jonathan again. You know, I'd actually go back to my 12-year-old self and sit myself down and look into those eyes full of hope, and I'd, I'd pull out a card that said Timmy on it. And I'd say, look at you. You can be a cool guy with your own name on a card. You'd just go back in time just to give yourself a card with your handwritten name on it? Magic. So what's Let John- me help you. So let me help you, please. Please. Look, I, I need to record this. Do you need anything? You okay? Yeah. Fine. Okay. So what's Jonathan doing now? I'm helping you. Thank you. 
Okay, I, I'll, I'll let you do it. He's moved in with his rabbit girlfriend. <laughs> Small studio. And he's still picking up dry cleaning. I had to report Jonathan um, because I felt that he was in a relationship with a rabbit who may not have wanted to be there. Uh, since then, we haven't spoken as I think he knows it was me. But, you know, I still think of Jonathan a lot. Whenever I see a toilet that's left on a sidewalk, whenever I see a $50 bill, whenever I see a broom, I think of Gus. Hey! (laughs) But maybe Jonathan was never meant to be a real magician. Maybe he was just meant to help people. And... Maybe the world would be a better place if more of us were like Jonathan. This American Life is distributed by Public Radio International. WBEZ management oversight for our program is provided by Mr. Tori Malatia, who always asks us... Blue trees. Have you ever seen one? Well, let me ask... I'm Ben Castle. Ira Glass will be back next week with more stories of This American Life. But the next time you want to hear something wacky and woolly, you'll find it right here on Convince Me. Me. Come here, you long-eared, slutty rabbit.